Good morning. Great to see you. And um, it's great that we've got God's Word uh, to help us make sense of life and to help us find uh, our way home. And uh, we're on our, our series on searching, and this morning we're looking at searching for home uh, and what does that mean. Um, and uh, we pray that it'll bring us life, and we pray that it'll bring life to our neighborhood as we continue uh, in this series. And I just wanted to really start just, um, and I know not everybody likes doing this sort of thing, but just to find someone that's not in your family and find out where they're from, okay? What they consider to be home, okay? So someone that you've, is not in your own family, um, just for 60 seconds, um, say hello to them, say who you are and where you're from, okay? Which part of the world, which part of the country, uh, what you consider to be home. What do you consider as home? Okay, get your attention again to the front. That would be fantastic. So who do you reckon is from the furthest away in the world? Did you meet anyone from, you think, it's probably from the furthest part of the world this morning? How far away is the furthest that we have here today? Hong Kong. Fantastic. Welcome. Any further than that or anywhere? Where? Ghana. Fantastic. Great. What about in the UK? Who, who reckons are from the furthest part of the UK here? <laughs> Me? Uh, yeah. I've got Northern Ireland over there. We've got Scotland. We've got, yeah. Uh, Aberdeen. Yeah, brilliant. That's probably even further. That's a good bit further than me. Great. It was great to have everyone here in some ways. And for many people, um, you don't know where home is. You've lived in so many places. You know, what really is home for you? Um, or it may just be it's a painful reminder that home is a long, long way away um, from where you are today. But we all know when we feel at home, and we know when we don't feel at home in a situation. Uh, for many, where you, it's where you grew up. It's where all the stories come from in your life. It's where uh, your formative years were. It's where your values were shaped. Um, it's the place where you, were, where you felt safe uh, as a child. Um, but it may be that home wasn't a safe place. And actually, for you, it was away from home um, that was a, it was a safe place. But it's a place where you don't have to explain too much about yourself. It's a place where you can be yourself. As uh, Dorothy in The Wizard of Oz says, there's no place like home. Um, it's something that we kind of long for. It's a place where you're cl the close people in our life uh, are there. And it's a place where you're loved and it's where you're accepted. And this morning we want to look at Zacchaeus. We want to look at his lostness. We want to look at God's original intention and our search for home. And also how this small guy, Zacchaeus, became a big man. And I'm uh, going to unpack that. So I don't think Zacchaeus was particularly loved and accepted by his community. Um, he was uh, pretty rejected, really, I think. He was a tax collector. In fact, he was a chief tax collector, not a popular job for his fellow Jews. And he collected taxes for the Romans um, who occupied their nation. And so because he was a chief tax collector, he didn't even do the dirty work himself. He probably got other people to do it for him. So he was despised even more. And he was effectively working, uh, charging extra, lining in his own pockets. And so he was wealthy at the expense of others. And because he worked for the Romans, he'd effectively betrayed his own nation, his own people. So he was not loved, he was not accepted. And they turned, termed him a sinner uh, in their eyes, in that regard. But you also sense, as you read this story, that he had a great sense of lostness, that, that life wasn't working for him, and so he's looking for something else. Not in a little way, but in a, in a really big way, in the sense of uh, lost in the face of the world. Uh, like waking up one day to find that you don't know how you got to be where you are, and you don't know the way ahead. Lost in the sort of way that a little kid is lost when he can't find his parents, uh, and it hurts. Um, Mike Riddell writes this, he says, some of us react 
by huddling up into a little ball. Others throw themselves into all sorts of things to help them forget. But many keep talking in a loud voice to try and impress themselves and others that they know where they are going. Lostness is that sense of, of feeling we don't quite belong in the world. And he says, everybody carries it, but nobody shows it. Um, our pride might say, I'm not lost. You know, I certainly never ask for directions in anything in life. And I don't need to ask directions on how to live it. Our pride might say, I don't need a home. I'm an adult now. You know, I'm not a child. It's a child that needs a home. I don't need a home. I'm not a child. And yet Zacchaeus here, in a sense, becomes like a child. In a healthy sense of the word, um, he's like um, the, the kids that are trying to see the carnival. Um, yeah, can you just click on a bit? And, you know, he's trying to see over the wall to see what's going on, um, to find out what's, what's going on in this situation. And first of all, Zacchaeus runs it says. And it was very unusual in the Middle East for someone to run, particularly for a guy, particularly for a business guy to be running around. It just, just didn't happen. And not only that, but he, then he climbs a tree so that he can see. He can see what's going on. I used to love climbing trees as a kid. I found someone else last week who loves it as well. Okay, I used to love climbing trees. Um, in fact, just a couple of years ago, we were at a New Year's party, and one of these Chinese lanterns got stuck in a tree. And without a second's hesitation, I was up over the fence and trying to rescue this thing before the whole garden went up in flames. Uh, a few smiles around, I think they were there. But um, uh, I was, when, uh, during the Edinburgh Festival every year, um, we used to go and watch, there'd be a big parade at the beginning of the festival. And uh, we used to shin up this lamppost to quite a high wall, and we'd get the best view in town. That was the place. Don't tell my mum, by the way. But that's what we used to do, just to love it. And he's curious. Not only does he run, not only does he climb a tree, but Zacchaeus is curious. He wants to know why the big crowd. Who is this Jesus? What am I missing out on? And pride often keeps successful people, if you like, successful people from trusting God. But Zacchaeus overcomes that pride in his search for meaning and for purpose. This is a quote from John Calvin, who said, Curiosity and simplicity are a sort of preparation for faith. I really like that. Curiosity and simplicity are a kind of preparation for faith. Childlike curiosity. Luke 18, verse 17, Jesus said, I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Zacchaeus here thinks he's looking for something. He thinks he's looking for Jesus. And in a sense, he is. But then we read that actually it's Jesus who's looking for him. Verse 5, when Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to Zacchaeus, he said, Zacchaeus, he uses his name, Zacchaeus, come down. Immediately, I must stay at your house today. Jesus is looking for him. Verse 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save what was lost. Jesus is the one who is looking for you. Jesus is the one who's seeking for us. And God's original intention has always been home. It has always been a place where he is a loving father. A place where we're loved, a place where we're accepted, a place of safety, a place of laughter and life a place of belonging, a place of family. And in Genesis chapter 1, we read of this perfect home in Eden that God put together, God's original plan. And interestingly, the way that Genesis is written is almost as important as what is written. And in the very first verse of Genesis, we read, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And in the original Hebrew, that is seven words. And some of you will know that the seven is a very special number in the Bible. It's, it's, the, it's the number of perfection. 
And there are seven very carefully chosen words for that first opening verse of Genesis. Genesis chapter 2, verse 2, sorry, is 14 words, two lots of seven. Okay, the, third, the next sections are 21 words, three lots of seven, all the way through. That God is building his home perfectly and very carefully. Seven times it says, it was good, it was good, it was good. And then the seventh time, it was very good. And the man and the woman walked with God, in relationship with God, and they knew no shame. They knew who they were. They knew where they'd come from. They knew what they had to do. But then, in the chapters that follow, the home is broken. The perfect home becomes a broken home as they disobey God. Everything was in its proper place, and now it's displaced. Where there was intimacy and purity, now there's shame. There's broken relationships with God and with one another. The animals that they'd named were there to, to serve them and to be subdued by them. Suddenly, they turn on them and there's no safety. Okay? What was a safe place becomes a dangerous place. And the whole of the rest of the Bible is about um, trying to get back to that original intention, about trying to get back to that place. And I think there's a, there's a very faint trace in every human heart. Okay? There's a trace memory in every one of us um, of, of Eden, if you like, of that place of home. And I don't know what you like, but if you get the family photo book comes out, you know those family photo books that come out that you've got pictures of you in them when you were very, very young. Kind of so young that you don't really remember it, but you sort of remember it. You're not sure if it's because you've seen the photos or because there's bits that you recognize, but there's this sort of strange trace memory um, about it all that maybe I was there, little glimpses of, I, I do sort of remember that. And I think there's that strange trace memory in our hearts and in our lives about what, what God originally intended, um, of knowing God, even if it's unconscious in us. And there's a clue in how restless we are, how homeless we are, how lost we experience that very often in our lives. That sense of wanting friendship with God, to want to belong, and to freely respond to love uh, with love. Mike Riddell puts it like this. He says, at the risk of pointing out the emperor's nakedness, May I venture to suggest that the feeling of being lost is an indication that we are lost. This is a radical thought on par with the idea that feeling of hunger indicates a need for food. But there's this desire for home, this desire for home right across our culture, um, and it plays out in many, many ways. Here's the, here's the beginning of a song by a guy called Philip Phillips, just simply called Home. And it's about lostness, it's about foundness. And it's about home. Got to make this place your home. It's, uh, it's, it's about looking for life. It's, you know, the images are looking in different places, often the wrong places. But actually, I'm going to make this place your home. And it's a great song. It's upbeat. It's a song that's full of hope. Um, but it's had millions of views. I looked this morning, 44 million views this song um, has had. Um, there's something about it that draws people. Okay, there's something very simple that draws people. And then I started to read the comments below the video that you get. And the first one just said this. It just said, this song makes me want to cry. Okay, how can music be this beautiful? The next one said, it said this amazing. It said, for anyone who's in need of prayer, I've got you. 67 replies. And you're thinking, oh, there's going to be full of all sorts of funny stuff in there. But most of it just said, thanks, I need that. Hey, thanks, my man. I'm thinking that we all need prayer. Another guy, I could use some prayers. Thanks, that hits right home. 
Another one, I'm a Muslim, does it work for me? Another one, thanks man, really need one right now. I've got a personal issue and it's tearing me apart. Another one, but how do you pray? And then, and then further down, uh, there's another um, really tragic entry uh, reply. It just says this, I lost my youngest son, age 37, in February. My sister-in-law of 45 in May. And my oldest son, 44, in June. Dot, dot, dot. But I'm going to make it home. You know, home, true home, is the only thing that's going to help that guy hope, um, make it home. Okay? He's desperate for something. And I was in pieces when I was reading all of this. People desperate to find a real home. A real home. What is it about? And then there was another post. And it just said this. I've been trying to find this song for three expletive years. Had to go on a deep search through the web to find this. A deep search just for a song about home. How much are people looking for the real thing in their lives? What is it about? There's a... There's a desire, there's a memory trace in the human heart for something that started in Eden and got broken along the way. If you put the next quote up, um, there's a psychiatrist, Gerald May, um, wrote this. He said, there's a desire within each of us in the deep center of ourselves that we call the heart. We are born with it. It is never completely satisfied and it never dies. We are often unaware of it, but the desire is always awake. And another guy commenting on it in the next slide says this, some believe that it is impossible for nomads to find relief because their desire only desires desire. But I think their desire desires home, which is possible to find. But they just can't quite believe it. We yearn to belong somewhere. And there's that memory of Eden written in our souls, on yours and on mine. A memory of a place that we belong to. And we have this divine discontent in life that says we were made for something bigger, we were made for something better, we were made for something else. Just take that off now. Thank you. And the rest of the Bible is about us running away. It's about us running away from God and God almost wearing himself out trying to bring us back, trying to search for us. Story after story about how much he so loved our world, so desperate, so eager for us to come back home to him. Genesis chapter 3, shame enters the home, and God steps in to, to cover up that shame. Genesis chapter 4 is domestic violence, Cain and Abel, and God begins again. Genesis 6, Noah, and the, the, the home is flooded, the house is flooded, as it were, that God made, and God starts again. Genesis 11, Babel. And the human family decide it wants to make its own type of home. And it wants to build a tower up to the heavens. And God has to put an end to that. And then he pursues them through the desert. And he pursues them through the exile. And then it comes where his son leaves his father's house. His son leaves home and comes down to rescue us. Foxes have holes, said Jesus. Birds have nests. But the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. He becomes homeless so that we can have a home. He experiences rejection and alienation from his father so that we can have a free place at the table, that we can come and experience that. He pays the ultimate ransom for each one of us. So a perfect home becomes a broken home and then is restored by a homeless savior. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. And Zacchaeus here has realized his lostness. Okay, he's pursued a lifestyle and he's surrounded himself with stuff, but it's not home. He knows it's not what he was made for. He knows there is something missing. 
And so this small guy, and he's a little guy, becomes a big guy in a spiritual sense. If you just put up the next thing. It's no fault of Zacchaeus that he's a little guy, okay? That's just the height he was. He couldn't see over the crowd, but he does what he can to overcome that obstacle, to put aside his dignity so that he can climb a tree and see what's happening. But the spiritually speaking, each one of us is too short. Okay? Each one of us is too little to see God on our own. Every one of us, it says, has fallen short of the glory of God, fallen short of the standard of God, standards of God. None of us measure up to God's high standards. And the thing is, though, is that we measure ourselves by the world's tape measure rather than God's. So if you put the first one up, maybe it's money that we measure ourselves by. You know, how much do I earn? How much am I worth? How much do I have? You know, that's, that's, that's the world's tape measure very often in our lives. Or the next one, is it about position? You know, what's the pecking order? You know, what position am I? Who am I over? Or perhaps it's power. I'm not sure if this guy's got an awful lot, but um, that's what he's measuring. Okay, what authority does he have? What strength does he have? Um, when you go down the gym, there's, there's so much of our world is it's about what does our body look like at the moment. It's, uh, it's a crazy place. Or the next one, perhaps it's popularity. This is uh, the Facebook twist on the Beatles line. Um, you know, how popular am I? And people driven by that. And these are the things that make us feel big. Um, these are the things, these are the world's definition of bigness that we measure ourselves by. And then there's these astounding words just a few chapters earlier in Luke 16, verse 14 and 15. And it says of the Pharisees that they loved money. And when they heard all this, they were sneering at Jesus. And we know elsewhere they were seeking the praise of men. And it says, he said to them, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of men. But God knows your hearts. What is highly valued among men, what is highly valued among men, he said, is detestable in God's sight. That's an incredibly strong word. Because we measure ourselves in the wrong way. Zacchaeus has got money, he's got position, he's got authority. But he's still lost and he's still alone. But then we read in verse 9 that salvation comes to his house. Salvation comes. He becomes what Jesus calls a son of Abraham. And Abraham was this character in the Old Testament who was famous for going on a journey with God and completely trusting God. Okay? He was a child of faith, really, is what the phrase means. A child of faith. And that is as big as you can get. That's what bigness looks like with God. That's true bigness. It's to have a big heart for God and a big heart for others. A big heart for God and a big heart towards others. And the overflow of that is his changed heart. Zacchaeus' changed heart results in this tremendous generosity and this restitution, putting right the things that he, put, that he did wrong through his life. Here and now, he says, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anyone out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. He has found home. He's found this thing called home. He's found friendship with Jesus. He's found a sense of belonging in this world, that acceptance, that forgiveness, and actually a freedom that comes with it. A freedom that says that you can now freely love others as a response to the love that you've experienced yourself. And it starts in this life, but it continues into the next. Jesus said, you know, I'm going away to prepare a home for you, a place for you. In my Father's house there are many rooms, and I will come back and I'll take you to be with me. It goes on 
beyond this life. But it starts here. And whatever you're searching for, whatever you're looking for in life, you need to know that Jesus is looking for you. Jesus is searching for you. And he wants you to find home today. Let's pray together. Maybe the bands could come up. Let's pray. Loving Father, our Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, this world is an amazing home that you have built for us, this creation. So often this home has become an anxious, dangerous, worried, hurried place. But we know that because of Jesus, who had no home here, that we can find what we're looking for. And I pray for anyone searching, anyone confused about home, anyone looking in the wrong places, that we will each find in you the one thing for which we were made. We've never really wanted anything else. We've never looked for anything else. In every pursuit, in every job, in every excitement, in every word of approval sought, we have longed to be reunited with you. May you do that through your Holy Spirit, even now. Bring each one of us home, Lord Jesus. And just with our eyes closed, perhaps, and uh, heads bowed, just maybe just someone this morning who has never taken that sort of first step of saying, I want to come home to you, Lord. I want to come home to you, Jesus. I want to know this home that this Zacchaeus guy could find. And here's a simple prayer that you can pray that just helps you to, to open that door of that home, if you like. Here's the prayer. You can echo it silently in your own heart. I know I've fallen short. I know I've looked in the wrong places. Forgive me now. I want to come home. Thank you that you became homeless for me and gave your life for me. I run into your arms now. Thank you for welcoming me. Fill me with your spirit. Lead me from this place. Amen.